Um, I think there were two strands that, for me, if I was sitting where you were, I'd be thinking, hold on, what's going on there? First, it sounds very broadcasty. It sounds like, okay, yeah, you're the BBC, right? And you've got a fabulous new platform, where? Following you so far. Yeah, and there's a new standard coming up in the future where you can get more of your programmes out. Oh, now that sounds good as well. Where are we in all of this? Uh, where does IPTV intersect with what arts organisations do? And actually, that's what our next uh, um, talk's going to be about, so that thank goodness that we're going to answer our own question. Uh, and the second was, was the hinting about those audience behaviours, because this is a technology that's uh, one-on, you know. We're, we can't just go out into the marketplace and have a look. We can't just look at the data, because it's, it's still in ferment, it's still building, it's still uh, being created, the, the standards are being debated, the technology devisors are still thinking about what the best routes are forward. So thinking about those audience behaviours and starting to look at these pilot programmes, which we're about to look at, uh, will, will give us a lot to, to use that we can, we can use in our own thinking when we're considering whether this is the right step for our arts organisation. So uh, to get into some of that, uh, I'm welcoming uh, Mark Dobson and Andy Hudson, uh, as you'll see up there, uh, and they're going to talk you through a, a very interesting pilot that hopefully is going to resolve some of this. Hi everybody, I'm, I'm Mark Dobson, I'm Chief Exec at Tyneside Cinema in Newcastle. Um, and I'm actually here to introduce Andy, who's going to talk about a pilot project that he's doing on behalf of um, Newcastle Sketch Cultural Venues. Um, NGCV is, uh, there's ten organisations involved in NGCV, uh, major building-based organisations in, in Newcastle and Gateshead. Um, as such, we're, we're various sizes of organisations, um, we have very varying levels of resource available to us. Um, but we all share a series of common agendas and we, we work across, across, I suppose, all of the art forms and, as you can see from some of these venues, also across sciences, um, museums and heritage. Um, it's a partnership that's existed for a very long time. I suppose we've become quite current in the sense of looking at shared services and shared services and those issues are one of the things that we look at. But NGCV's been working together for about eight or nine years now, quite informally, and our work together has grown in formality um, uh, over recent times. Um, we get a little bit of money from the Arts Council to drive that, the venues contribute some funding in themselves, and we make tiny, but we hope, um, uh, quite relevant investments in trying to drive on uh, the collaborative benefits of our work. Um, we work through a bunch of subgroups, we have four of them that were kind of based on what we saw as being the major issues across the ten organisations. Um, we have a shared services group, a capital group, and the other two were digital and public engagement. And I guess this project that, that Andy's going to share with you today has really, uh, when he came to us and, and, and made a proposal to us, it was these two groups which, which uh, it, it really touched upon. Um, the digital group which I chair looks at a whole raft of opportunities and applications to try and help us develop our businesses from very small opportunities to, to uh, much more complex issues that we try to deal with as groups. And it's basically as much as anything um, a learning <coughs> process for all of us. Uh, the public engagement group has been doing a deal of research which is really kind of, I suppose, telling us what I guess we all know as arts organisations, that a lot of, for a lot of the times our conventional marketing is not really speaking to new audiences. And indeed a lot of our conventional marketing, we, we feel, isn't actually speaking to audiences that already are coming into our organisations but have a low level of loyalty and affiliation to us. So we're interested in trying to embrace new means of getting engaged in a true conversation with audiences. And of course, I think all of us feel that audiovisual content 
is going to be a very exciting uh, way to do that in the future. So Andy approached us with a proposition which was, I guess, born out of this climate of discussion around IPTV, um, but also born out of a lot of his personal interests and passions um, in terms of his background in broadcast and his background working in IT. So the pilot Andy's doing for us, um, the, the kind of the Culture Network pilot, is culminating in July. And what he's creating for us and what he's about to share with us today is this an alpha website for a culture channel that can be populated by two kinds of test moving image content. The stuff that I guess we all make that we call our archive stuff, um, that we have nowhere to really engage the public with on, on an ongoing basis and no real context to engage the public with a lot of the time. And then also Andy's um, challenged us all to, go, to get on board with the idea of creating news. So create new specific content that will be about engaging people in an active, a very active sense in terms of what's coming up in our venues. Um, we've tried to do it again inspired by his process in a very DIY sense. And I'm, Andy's going to ask me to talk about a few of the really live issues that we've encountered as cultural organisations just so far through this project a little later. Um, and some of those are really coming out of that idea of how can we do this in the most cost-effective, energetic and appropriate way for organisations. Um, the other deliverable Andy's going to do for us is to put together a business plan for the possible future development of, uh, of this culture network uh, that will be going to myself and the other chief execs in NGCV in July. So what you're about to get is a, is a, a sneak preview of the whole thing. I have to say most of the chief execs in NGCV apart from me haven't even seen this, so this really is very hot off the press. Um, so as I say, I'll hand over to Andy now and I'll come back later and maybe talk about some of the, the nuts and bolts uh, issues coming from our side of the project as the cultural organisations. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Mark. Uh, just... Um, before we get into it, um, a bit of a recap, some of which was covered by Colin, which is the environment that we find ourselves in. Um, the numbers are staggering, and, and they're not pipe dreams. This is, you know, if the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas last year was all about tablets, it was all about interactive technology. Um, and you mentioned going into curries. Uh, the estimate is that by 2020, 16 billion devices, presumably once toaster as well, will be connected by the internet. Um, smartphones, which there are, there are that many of them already, and the predictions are that is going to be the worldwide market share within just three years. And so this is a space we have to occupy. And one of the things that was clear to come from the chief executives of, of the arts group here is that we don't want to be in isolation. We want to be able to speak to all our customers in a way that our customers want to speak to us or listen to us or contribute to us. So cross-platform things became very important. And just carrying on with the, the sorts of figures, a billion hits a day are now on YouTube. Um, Facebook, Twitter at the moment is, is, well, we know what Twitter is, we know how it works, and it's not strictly an audio-visual device, except there's a lot of developments and evolutions of that type of process on the way. Uh, this is just the speed at which new media is catching on. Uh, so we can't afford to stand still. So whatever it is we do, we've got to address perhaps things we don't even know, and we've got to prepare ourselves for what's coming around the corner. Now, I have a beam and bonnet about local media uh, because I don't think it serves us well. 
uh, that's BBC and ITV, the electronic media don't serve as well as arts organisations. And that little survey I did over the, in, in April as to what the type of content was on the local news programmes. You can see where art features. Now, someone somewhere told people that murder and road deaths are important, and so they do that. But I think we deserve better than that. You know, that's a, to me, that sums up local television. Cat up a tree TV, as we call it in the north. Uh, there's a motorway accident with a cat up a tree, and just around the corner, there's a good pub for lunch. You know, we've got to get better than that. It's not good enough. Um, to me, the driver that, made, that just made my blood boil, I'm on the board of Northern Stage, uh, the uh, regional theatre there, and uh, we were putting on, last Christmas, um, Peter Pan, the Barry play, not the panto. Ooh, said BBC local, pirates, that's good. But they were the wrong kind of pirates. That's the kind of pirates they wanted. So we've got to engage with our local markets and we've got to really create content that they can look at and say, that's nice, I want to go to that, or uh, we, we want to get feedback for them. And there isn't a device. And so all the discussion today is really going to be around what is the establishment of this device? What's it going to be? Well, in our view, it just has to be multi-platform. We have to get at people however we can. Because uh, we all, I think, in the room, if you're representing an art organisation, can you raise your hand if you create audiovisual content? So you do it already. Um, do any of you have a YouTube channel? Great. Um, do you have it available on narrowcast around your premises? Less? Interesting. Uh, and you've all got websites, I assume, and on that you have video content. If you can possibly find it, it'll be buried away. So part of this initiative is to try and uh, create a, an audiovisual environment that we can go into and find out. In our case, about just a, it's only a small group. It's, it's 17 buildings, 17 arts um, operations run by 10 companies. The reason for that is the Tynaweir Museum Service has got galleries and museums and so on. So I think we probably all agree that largely um, the local media local electronic media fail us as arts organisation. There's all these other evolving channels. channels. We know cross-marketing works. We know, for example, that the people who go to the galleries also want to go to the theatre. And NGCV has done enormous strides in, uh, just in our, our northeastern area of, of collaborating in such a way. If there was an audiovisual environment, it could also be uh, the place for new talent. We can test things out, we can try things out, we can get feedback on it. And customers themselves have a, a dramatic number of opportunities and ways of, of going for content now. But have you noticed how they all look different? Isn't it confusing? You go on one and the button's on the left, the other one on the right, and something at the top and at the bottom. So to have some sort of homogeneous, uh, this is our world, this is what it looks like, feel, is what we're going to try and aim at. So let's make it easy for the customers. If we speak more and you hear me here and you'll hear me also if we have Q&A, I, I try and take the point of view of a customer. If I'm a customer and I want to find out something, just how easy is it? The other thing about creating a platform is that all-important revenue possibility. Okay, when you start, there's very little revenue. But um, 
I've got two teenage sons who have a YouTube channel that's just about to have its millionth hit, and uh, they make quite a lot of money using the uh, a mixture between the, the YouTube channel and using the social media crossover to promote their gigs. You know, two teenage boys, they make a grand a week. This is great as a parent. I have to say, you must encourage your children to do this. So, one of the things that the venues and the chief executives said to me, look, it's got to be easy to use. CMS, the content management system. So, you don't have to have a degree in electronics. So perhaps it's a junior member of staff and you want to create something, you've got a nice piece of video, drag and drop. Also, it's got to add value. It, it can't be another bit of nonsense, something to do which doesn't add value. But also, most importantly, and every single one of them, it's got to be a driver of box office or visitor traffic if you're a museum. So, not forgetting that, that's a very important. It's got to have review and preview facil uh, facilities on it. It's got to be the repository for all our archive that we create. Uh, who's got archive? Anybody? Um, Perhaps later on we can discuss how that is managed, because that should be an essential part of, of this, essentially, commercial platform. So I'm just going to show you a few bits. We've just run this up on, on web, but picking up on something Colin said, which is, should be platform agnostic, all this stuff. Do I care? What's happening? I just want to find it. I want to go and find out what's happening. So we created a the culture network. I'm going to expand this in a minute because I think without knowing it, you're all already a part of this. But the culture network, if I'm interested in, okay, let's, for the moment, we know what culture is. Uh, some people would rather call it something more trendy, but it does what it says. It's a culture network. I want to find out about it. So in this instance, that would be culture network, uh, Newcastle Gateshead. So I go in and there's a news. I'm not going to run through these and play you and show you videos, but there's a news item here starts. It's about a particular hack day that was running. So I'm not, I'm not going to play you the piece, but to give you the idea that um, of how we navigate our, round, our way around this. Now, what's important in this culture net, network? What's on is hugely important, massively important, because um, there isn't really a one-stop shop. Audiovisual means are great for showing what's on. Th there are some major, major problems which Mark's going to come back and discuss to you. Uh, and the one, out, the big one, is rights, which we all know about. But let's pick the, what's on at the Baltic. And this will give you an idea of how we've approached this uh, as a as a notion. Most of the here at Baltic Centre for Contemporary Art, this week is your last chance to see the exhibitions on our two largest floors before they close for I the I missed off the Geordie subtitle bit, by the way. Level 4 is still playing host to Jesper Just's This Nameless Spectacle, a collection of three of the Danish-born film artists' enigmatic yet beautiful films. Level 3 is sure... So, the guy there is an enthusiastic young member of staff. Mark, I'll show you another one in a minute, from, um, the, from the Tyneside Cinema. Similarly, an enthusiastic young member of staff. Go away and make the videos themselves. So we don't hire uh, someone from around the corner. 
some a, a local AV company, because the moment you start to do that, the economics of it will all fall apart. So motivating and mobilizing your own staff to take part in this is an essential part uh, of, of the venture. Here's another quick, quick guide, another one. Northern Stage, about a, a coming up conference. If I wanted to find out more about it, this is another thing important. The girl starts to talk about it, I want to find out more. An immediate hot link from the movie itself. Grab them at the moment you've got their interest and take them off somewhere to sell them something. You know, that, this is real world stuff. It has to be that. If I go to the venues, and we'll go to the Baltic here, which we've been to already, but at the bottom, we've got archive. So simple, big button driven management of the content. So that's, the, that's how we have perceived it thus far, because it's important that it's customer-led. It's customer-focused. Uh, customers find it easy. Wherever they go for it, it looks and feels the same. So it's their zone. They feel comfortable with it. But it has thrown up a few problems, Mark. Yeah. Um, the, um, just so far, actually, uh, being very honest with you all, as I say, it is a work in progress. Uh, one of the biggest issues we've run into already is rights, of course, and this is rights over, um, I guess, access to things that are already within our own buildings. Um, and there's an issue here, of course, sensitivity around rights is, is quite appropriate and for good reason. But uh, already we're also our discussions about, well, there's a mutual benefit in using things for this kind of promotional activity, and how can we negotiate that? And is it sensible to carry on negotiating that on an entirely one-off local level? Or should we be asking, actually, organizations like, like Arts Council perhaps and, and others like BBC to get involved and help to set up some national protocols on that um, as exist in things like the music industry uh, for promotional use of, of content. Um, obviously the issue about not, this not being delivered just in isolation, being multi-platform is very important to all the venues. Um, we all have very successful web presences individually uh, and all, for all of us, I'm sure the same for you, the, the most rapidly rising uh, form of uh, access to those, different, to those platforms is, is from mobiles. Um, and therefore it's very important we come up with something which is, which is fit for purpose across a whole range of different platforms. Um, I think for us again, as, as, uh, as Andy's also said, the, the idea of, of, of linking into our transactional uh, um, databases and websites that we already have without necessarily cluttering up the channel with that kind of information seems like a very sensible thing um, for us to do. Uh, the other things around how we do this, uh, big issues coming up for us as organisations is literally, who does this? Where does this sit in the organisation? Some organisations are coming up with a very structured approach, a very policy-led approach to what can be said and can be done on their behalf. Others are literally just letting their staff get on with it and, and taking the comments on their staff as being you know, a, a, a live and, and rich and honest manifestation of what the venues are all about. So there's issues around who does it. There's issues around technical skills um, and aptitudes. But what's been interesting to me so far is that rather than being issues around the hard technical skills of trying to make some content. It's really been a bit more about skills like journalism, skills like storytelling. Um, we've got very competent communicators employed in our marketing departments across these organizations. They all have an absolute look of fear crosses their face when Andy says, just go away and make a minute of news on something exciting in your building next week. And, and I'm sure you'll all understand exactly why people would feel like that. So it's revealing already the need for a different set of skills and communication tools um, for people working professionally in the cultural industries than those that perhaps they've, uh, uh, they've, they've kind of grown and developed um, to date.
Um, the costs of managing it and running it are also um, uh, uh, going to be important going forward. I think the benefit that we can see, perhaps for us, if this thing is to have a further life, is that across 10 venues, there's a huge benefit to be gained from having one very modest central resource to help drive this project. Um, but it only begins to make sense, I think, when you begin to cluster groups together to see, uh, see maximum benefit of that. So I'll hand back to Andy, because uh, I know we're pressed for a bit of time. Uh, one of the things that, if we were to expand this, and it'd be more than us, but even within us, very important, everyone, venue wants to do their own thing. They have a, a strong brand identity, and they want ownership of their space. They want it to look like. So whatever we set this up, when it goes over to the Sage, it's the Sage's space. What we're saying, it's your Sage's space, but this is the engine of it. This is how it looks like. That's the plus button is always there, the minus button is always there. Uh, and if there's an ad, there it goes, and there's a ticker along the top. So familiarity to the customer, but independent for the operator. And then most importantly, the customer, the end user. Let's not confuse them by having lots of different things. So that's us, little in the north. But just in the northeast, for example, we're the black space at the top right-hand corner there, but in, in the northeast, there's all those other things happening. But perhaps you could join them up and have a big culture network. So everybody has their own space. It's a, it's a sort of specialized YouTube type of channel, but just for uh, the arts community and the cultural community. I mean, a true cultural network. Multi-platform, cutting across all the things that we've seen and that Colin outlined, but having its own life and its own feel. Uh, and able to cope with whatever's coming up next year as a mechanism of communication. So it should be a complete preview review facility. It should be the National Cultural Archive. All of your archives are agglomerated so that if I want to go and find out something about Leicester and the theatre in Leicester, bang, very quickly through the navigation system I get there. It should be commercial. It doesn't make sense to wind up someone's enthusiasm and not be able to press a button and buy something, a theatre ticket or uh, remember to go to the exhibition because it excited you. For the operators, just to recap, for you, it's got to be easy to use. You can't afford to hire lots of new people to do it. It's got to add value to what you're already doing and it's got to drive the box office. For the customers, it's got to be secure, reliable and up-to-date, not hopelessly out-of-date. Um, it's got to have that universal look and feel, uh, and it's got to be easy to use. Big boxes are always easy to use. The way that iPlayer has gone and evolved since when it started, it's now lots of big boxes, and it's very clear what to do. You see the box, I know what's going to happen if I press that. Um, BBC done it already. Fantastic uh, search engine they created here, launched a few weeks ago, uh, Radio Player. Brilliant. Uh, and to me, the best part of that is when they uh, launched it on uh, Broadcasting House in the afternoon, they played Classic FM on it. Just, I thought that was a bold move, and it genuinely showed what a valuable piece of development that is, how easy it is to use, and how you can take a vast number of, uh, of apparently competitive organisations, roll them into one sensible piece of software. 
so what do we need? Actually, we need uh, funds, obviously, to get on with this properly. And we'd like to work with the various people that are here today and, and BBC and the Arts Council to try and achieve this. We've got an advantage and we've already started and we are a collaborating multi-arts group. And I think we've, we can bring stuff that we've discovered already which would be valuable to what you're all discussing. We need some quick decisions uh, and commitments because it could be ready for that if it was done properly. And wouldn't that be nice that all the visitors who won't be able to afford to go uh, to, go to London uh, according to their hotel price uh, uh, predictions at the moment, so they'll be wandering around the country looking for things to do. It'd be nice if that was ready for then. Thank you. That's Mark and me. <laughs>